dazzling white as the sun poured upon them. A pile of clothes waited to be ironed lay in a heap on the kitchen table, mostly his underwear. The electric iron stood on end, as if Jane had left all this in a hurry. In fact, it was just as it would have been had she known it was him coming and had jumped up to go and meet him. The kitchen door was open. This led into one large downstairs room with its small windows, its two ancient oak beams, its old fireplace. That fireplace had been the thing which had made them decide to buy the cottage. Now it was surrounded by burnished brasses and gleaming copper pieces. It was the hill's boast that nothing in this room was less than a hundred years old, and much of the furniture was Tudor. Larry stepped across the uneven wooden floor with its three skin rugs to the door in the corner which led to the stairs and the front door. It was almost dark there. Little daylight reached the old staircase. Jane! Larry called. There was no answer. Uneasily, he began to climb the stairs. It didn't seriously occur to him that he might find Jane in trouble here, and his hazy thoughts were all about young James, the possibility that a message hadn't reached him, even that he'd passed Jane on the way. He reached the little square landing. Here there were three rooms, the child's bedroom, theirs, and the tiny bathroom. Neither of the bedrooms was big, but both were big enough. The bathroom was an amateur's triumph. Practically everything had been done by Larry and Jane, even the plumbing. He'd had it checked by a friend at the factory, and it had been fully approved. Larry looked into their bedroom, the door of which was ajar. I wish to goodness I knew, he began, and then stopped abruptly, for he thought he heard a sound. He swung round, and his face cleared. Is that you, Jane? There was no answer, and no repetition of the sound, which had been rather like a muted cry. Perhaps she was hurrying back along the road, having misjudged the time. He had to remind himself that it was crazy to think that she'd always be waiting on the very tick of six o'clock. He heard the sound again, and realized that it was nearer than he'd first thought. He strode out and into the boy's room. No, empty. He heard the sound again, undoubtedly a little strangled cry, and thrust open the bathroom door, feeling a choky kind of fear. There was Jane, lying on the floor, her eyes wide open, staring at him. Her lips were working. He went swift as a hawk towards her, and dropped on his knees, saying in a hoarse, frightened voice, "'Jenny, what is it? What's happened?' It was an accident of some kind. She'd hurt her back." Oh, God, she'd hurt her back. What must he do? Be careful. Don't move her too much until he was sure what had happened. How had it happened? What did that matter? There she lay with his hands upon her now, in her silent fear. Janie, what is it? he asked desperately. Where does it hurt? Her mouth worked, and he knew that she was trying to answer but could not. She could not speak. It was some kind of stroke, some kind of paralysis of the throat, too. In her eyes was fear of unnamed things. She tried to get up, but there was no strength in her. Don't try to move, Larry said. Just uh, nod. 
Well, shake your head. Are you hurt? She shook her head a fraction. No. Did you fall? She shook her head again. Can't you move? Lunatic question, and she shook her head. But did she really know what he was asking? Am I hurting you? He was feeling gently over her arms, her legs, then slid a hand beneath her back and ran his fingers along the spine. Everything seemed normal, and she kept shaking her head with a fractional movement, as if even that was more than she could do. She was deathly pale, and her eyes unusually bright, but there was no outward signs of injury or of sickness. Paralysis? I'm going to lift you and carry you to the bed, Larry said very carefully. If I hurt you, close your eyes and I'll know.